0: Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig, and we are here as a part of the Blue Network. And week one is officially in the books. Before we kind of dive in and uh, jump into it, Uh, how was the uh, Labor Day weekend, Craig?
1: Not bad. Went to the lake, hung out, went kayaking, and um, there was a. If anybody was in the East Lansing area, the, the storm kind of came through, and not like a like a rainstorm, but just like a wind storm. And we are out on the lake, and with my, I was out there with my wife, and I was trying to help her that the wind was heading towards us, and so we were trying to get back. And literally, it seemed like every five strokes we were going like six strokes back you know or
0: something oh
1: no we literally could not get anywhere in this thing and it seemed we were literally running out of gas and so i just said you know i we have these ropes i said hey take on take a hold of the rope and we'll just kind of go together and i turned and i flipped my kayak over in the middle of the lake (laughs) right here in the middle of the lake with the half sunken kayak and I'm gone, oh, what do I do? So that was a first for me. But um I don't think I'm very I'm not very good at kayaking, man. Maybe it's the balance thing.
0: Nice. Well done. Well, I do know that I mean, not from personal experience, I haven't been on a kayak in years, but my dad recently got some yeah. and uh he's happy with the deal that he got, but he kinda wishes that he maybe went with a different style of kayak because There are some where you sit more at the level of the water, and then there are those that you're raised up above the water.
1: That's the one we got.
0: Yeah, and my dad was telling me, I think that's the kind that he got because he said that those uh, seem to tip more easily.
1: Yeah, this one did, and I I know which one you're saying. They even have those kayaks that literally you don't sit in, but you just sit on top. You got, like, little chairs. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, if I had one of those, I probably would have been just fine. But you're right. That's the one I had that you actually sit in it, and it's kind of long, and it it's really sits on top of the water. So when I turned to help, I, you know, I got hit with so many waves, it just blew me right over. So my wife was dying laughing. She, in fact, she was laughing so hard, she was crying watching me. So
0: Nice. Well, it's probably better that way than the other way around.
1: I know, so
0: because if she was the one that got wet and fell out, then uh, it could ruin. If the I was trip. laughing
1: like that, I'd be in trouble. I'd be well. I'd be on the couch.
0: Yeah, you probably wouldn't be joining us for this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, we wouldn't be talking about this. So, what did you do, man? Oh uh, well, I
0: had that wedding, and, and it, you know, it went well. It was fun. I uh, got out to the
1: game day.
0: Yeah, got out to the. Nice state of Wisconsin. I enjoyed over there. Milwaukee's a nice area. It was outside of Milwaukee. They were doing on like a family farm kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. real chill, laid back. But uh, on the way, usually traveling is okay with me, but this time it was more of a nuisance than anything because on the way there, we lost an hour and a half in Chicago because at one point – it took us – I timed it, too, because as soon as we slowed down, I knew it was going to be bad. We It took us 45 minutes to go four miles. Right. And then on the way back, something was messed up with my – because I, uh, I don't even know how long it's been. I lost my GPS. I have one those actual, like, car GPS um, that you can use. Uh, so I've been using my phone when I need it. Most of the time I'm okay, but sometimes when you get where you need to make changes and things like that, I turn it on to know what's going on. And so we were actually coming back a different way than we came. Uh, and so I was using it and it always wants to try to take you to the fastest route. And of course, if you're over in Milwaukee, they try to take you to the ferry. Right. And for the life of me, I don't know what happened, but I told it three times that I did not want to take the ferry. And it just went ahead and took us straight into downtown Milwaukee. And I saw this exit, and I was just like, I know I should be taking this exit. So then, of course, I, like, go into the map, and I zoom out to see where it's taking me, and the line just goes straight across the lake. I'm, I am I, was very frustrated, needless to yeah. say, because on the way there, we lost an hour and a half on the way back. We didn't lose as much, but just... Technology being technology, but all in all, it was a good time. And you were one of those
1: guys we I think people were saying, you know, don't schedule wedding wed- weddings on game day and especially in the opening day, and maybe that's why. If it was against, you know, Cincinnati Air Force, then yeah, but the first game, it's a big game. Just yeah, bad timing, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean I it'd be nice. <laughs> It'd be nice if there was something where it was, you know, this was our actual job. So I could be like, "Uh, sorry, work doesn't allow me to go to or attend weddings during the football season. Mm-hmm. So heads up, don't schedule it. But I can't really play that card at this time. Maybe someday, maybe someday. But uh, we definitely want to get into the football talk because there's plenty to discuss a lot Uh, going on from the weekend for Michigan, which we will be discussing. But we definitely want to touch a little bit on the uh, other Big Ten teams as well. So we will move along and get to the football talk here coming up. All right. All right. Gator Gator, 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 chomp, chomp. 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 Final, score Final score of thirty-three to seventeen. Yeah, it was. It was now, definitely now, interesting. We were, we were now you're in Wisconsin.
1: You're at a wedding, or were you able to watch the game? Were you able to like pull away and watch some of it? What What nope. was happening with you?
0: I had. I was following the score on my phone. Okay. And I um I did not have very good service. I did not have Wi-Fi connection cuz like I said it was a uh family farm kind of thing. But I was getting um major play updates from our good friend Brandon for most of the game. Uh oh, whenever yeah. something major happened, which there were definitely those moments in this game. It was, yeah. Uh he he sent me uh breaking news basically. So
1: Oh, that's good. You had a good recap. Great. Yeah, I was wondering if whether you're watching or not. So, if you're able to break away, but uh, yeah, thirty-three seventeen. So. Uh,
0: in- instant uh, instant reactions. Go ahead and uh, just go, Craig. General reactions from the game overall.
1: Wow, this is a t- it's, this is an interesting game to break down because there was so much going into this game. So many question marks on offense and defense um young team very young team um we didn't know what to expect i don't think any really michigan fan really knew what to expect all we had to go by was a spring game that was earlier um definitely i think there's some things that really really surprised me in this game that i'm that i can take away and feel really really good about i I love the fact that Jim Harbaugh started off the game uh, with this note from this, uh, I believe this, um, I'm not sure it was uh, uh, Armed Forces uh, Marine or whatever. Well, wasn't sure what it is, but uh, from this young guy and he was just saying how they had to go in, into war and they had to literally have to go to and, and fight battles being about as young as them, 17, 18 years old and starting off the game. Even Walton Spate talked about – you're talking about a guy that's actually going to battle and here we are just going taking the football field. Why can't we win or why can't we come out and play hard? Why do you have to be a veteran? Why do you have to come into this game feeling like you're um, not uh, capable of having game experience and coming out and playing your hardest? That's what they practice for. That's what they worked hard for. That's what they – um, you know, put all their energy and time into, and they, you know, and I thought that was just a marvelous way of getting uh, Jim Harbaugh's team up and going, and 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 to see this was quite amazing. So, um, uh, to me, I'm absolutely astounded on the speed and the strength and the absolute vi- uh, focus all four quarters with this def- defensive line and uh, outside linebackers um, just absolutely dominated this game from start to finish. So, And that's what's rare in this game, and I think a lot of Michigan fans will agree. We're talking about all four quarters of this game. We're not talking about three quarters where Michigan had at times last year where three quarters they do great, and then they kind of sputter off where they get tired, and then the other team starts picking it up. No, I'm talking all four quarters. It's almost like this team... This defensive line and these outside linebackers knew that they could handle this all four quarters. And that's something to really praise and say, man, good job, great, A-plus all around. Just Don Brown really brought it. He brought up so many blitzes. It was really cool to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will kind of counter your four-quarter discussion and – I'll go along with it, but I'll kind of put it in perspective of how things went for three quarters because we all know about what happened in the second quarter, and we'll definitely discuss that um, in this conversation. But Michigan absolutely dominated for three quarters, no doubt whatsoever. And honestly, outside of two plays in the second quarter, they still controlled that quarter. The defense, no doubt, had everything in the bag. Uh, yep. The offense, of course, was not playing to the uh, level of the defense, uh, as was a uh, similar story from last year. But even though Florida had 10 suspended players, had a key injury, and other issues going for them, they're a credible opponent. They have speed and athleticism. They don't have that mysterious SEC st- or, yeah, SEC speed that everybody was talking about. But they are fast and athletic. So it was good to see this kind of performance out of the team that uh, everybody was talking about, all the questions surrounding Michigan going into this game. Um, And it was uh, enjoyable to watch. I'm actually going to kind of put an interesting spin on this early, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to say with everything that happened in this game, I love how this game went. Yep, I am perfectly happy and okay with the mistakes that were made, the ugly second quarter that the team had, mm-hmm. because I think Michigan needed it. Okay, because I went I went back and I looked at how things went last year, and there were, um. Four major games that Michigan found themselves playing from behind in, And usually a relatively uh, significant amount behind. And that was Colorado, Iowa, Ohio State, and Florida State. So right away, there's distinct differences between, like, 75% of those games are completely different than that other game. First game, the Colorado game was a home game. And so they had the home crowd behind them. They were able to rally. They were able to do well. They came back from 14 down. But then at the end of the season, so basically they had that one test at home early on in the season against a credible opponent. That happened last year. Everything else was at the end of the year. Iowa, Ohio State, and FSU, that's the end of the season. So Michigan – I mean, they worked for it, but they basically coasted. They didn't have to fight from behind a lot. They didn't really have to do much. It was like, we get the lead, we hold the lead, we dominate. Mm -hmm. And so for this Florida game to be at a neutral site, and I know that the Michigan fan base travels well, and they definitely traveled well for this game. I know some people that went to the game and heard some great things about the fans that showed up. Um, But for it to be a neutral game early on in the season – to go through those mistakes that you had, especially in the second quarter where you had a huge swing of momentum and to be able to fight through it and to come from behind and win that game, I th- I think, I, even though there were those ugly things, I think this was perfect, and I honestly love the game and the fact that we had to go through this at this point in the season.
1: No, it's an interesting take, and absolutely agree with you that's a good point you know talking about some of those games where we actually had to s- scrape from behind you know thinking about that florida state game where we almost came back and in fact fact we should have won that game and we didn't um but um those are the things like you said are, are battle tested you know you come out of the gate and you shake off some too bad picks in fact, bad pick sixes, and then you come back and you totally dominate it, and you're using your defensive line to do it. That's the key is usually when this happens, the offense has a hard time getting it going because guess what? They're not on the field as much. You get the defensive line doing tons of stops. Florida, in this game, all they had was 143 yards passing and 11 yards rushing. That's it. So we're talking about a total of 154 total yards that Michigan put on them. And that is amazing, just given the fact that we had all those young guys on defense. And they were just lightning fast. They, In fact, I heard of a part where at halftime they were talking about Wilton Spate's picks, and they kind of laughed it off, and they said almost to – To to a point where they're like, "Hey, don't worry, Wilton. We got these guys. They can't do anything on (laughs) us." It's like they knew it, and that's just amazing to see. Like, I think they, I I think you're looking at a game where we wanted to put the foot on their neck defensively, and we did that. I'm not talking about offensively. We did that, and that's that'll come later. And I think we're gonna have to grow in that specific area. But I'm talking about defense all four quarters dominating and that is very very tough for Michigan because there are times where we, we we were gassed last year you know and we just ran out of steam and our offense needed to pick it up and we didn't so we lost you know a couple of those close games but you know it's an interesting point you made.
0: yeah and uh to k- kind of go off of what you said with uh spate and those interceptions uh even the uh, halftime announcers were talking uh, basically, like you said, laughing and off. Where it's just like Michigan is completely dominating this game. And even with Spate's two pick sixes, mm-hmm. Michigan, even though they were down 13 to 17 at the half, the game felt like 13 to 3, and Michigan was still controlling everything. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah, uh, like that's kind of the thing that I said, where even though it was a bad situation, ugly things happened. Uh, they pulled through it. Uh, I know that he put O'Corn in, which there was information going around that that was a plan to happen anyways, which I know people are kind of arguing it, but honestly, I'm not too surprised by it. If Spate had been playing out of his mind, I don't think O'Corn would have played until later in the game, maybe. But... Right. Um, personally I'll start off with this conversation I'll hand it over to you Craig I had no problem with him putting ocorn in when he did oh. I was maybe a little surprised how long he kept ocorn in but okay. I didn't think it was too problematic I think it's one of those situations where you uh and and everybody's different every player is different and so honestly I don't know if it's um a standard that Jim Harbaugh is going to have with the quarterbacks, but I think it's more of going to be a case-by-case situation where what is uh, the situation in the game and what is probably going to do the best for the player and having space sit down and, you know, work through it mentally and get prepared to go back out on the field, I think was the best thing to happen. The numbers don't show, uh, a lot of difference uh, that it made, but he definitely didn't throw any more picks after that.
1: No, no, they didn't. And the thing was, is I think this defensive line showed up when they knew that uh, Wilton Spade didn't have a good game. And, and a lot of people shrug that off maybe a little bit and say, yeah, he didn't have a, a good game, but well, even Wilton knew he didn't have a good game. Even he said the defensive line bailed him out. So, that right there shows me the guy, the kid knows what he did wrong. He knows he didn't have a very good game, and he re, and he relied on his defensive line. Now, the thing is, did he have a good game? In my opinion, not really. He did not. I mean, the stats show it. You know, eleven out of twenty-five for one hundred and eighty-one yards, one TD, two pick-sixes. But like you said, you know, a corn coming in, and I'll I'll settle this right now. I knew. When a corn was coming in, I knew it was to settle spate down. I had no, I knew, I knew that a corn wasn't going to be in there too long. But you're right. I, in a way, I wanted to see a corn throw the ball. When I saw that he mostly handed it off, and he had a nice little throw for what 37 yards, um, a little nice dime placement, which I thought was really good. But uh, when he uh, handed it off. And you can tell he was trying to run with it a little bit more. And, the, and you know, yeah, the pocket broke down on him. But um, I knew that Spate would come back in and after halftime. I knew it. Um, I knew it was uh, a time for Jim Harbaugh to mentally get Spate back on his feet and get him settled down. Uh, that's why you saw, you saw starting the second half so many passes to the tight ends. You saw uh, Eubanks. You saw Mc, um, a lot of those guys getting um, – touches which is great um but uh spate on the other hand you know is interesting um i'll throw a stat out you and this is what this is what worries people and i understand it and i'm not trying to be the devil's advocate against spate at all i'm not i'm just saying there's this tension in the air where a lot of people don't want wilton spate to start they want to see peters out there i get it i understand it given the fact because of the fact you're talking about Ohio State. He threw a pick six, okay, which might it probably cost the game. I mean, we're talking about what three points? What was it? What was the score? Was it what six points or whatever it was?
0: Uh, um, yeah, they uh, they won an overtime by three uh, by three, three points. Then yeah,
1: and yeah. so yeah, it did matter. A double overtime. Yeah, so pick six. Florida State. He was fine. Spring game. Pick six, and then he comes into Florida. He throws two pick sixes in a row. To me that's a little bit those are stats that jump out at me that make me go, hey, you know what? There are times when if you're gonna there are good turnovers and there's bad turnovers. And these are the really, really bad ones. You know, where you you throw it and you want it to be on the other side of the field, well he was throwing it on our side and they resulted in pick sixes. So those are the ones that stand out for to me. But I will say this there were a couple throws that wilton made they were right on the money especially the one to eubanks i thought was just absolutely p- perfectly placed there that you'll see him dime drop those ones in there and then you will see the ones that i've been talking about all year on the show about the ones the wide open in the flats passes he had a guy out there wide open he overthrew him and it went out of bounds and I think I think Michigan fan base collectively said that's a touchdown, even I did and mm-hmm. he overthrew, but that's that's a wide open throw Why there was no one around him, and he overthrew the guy, and that's what I was talking about is he have a he has a tendency where the guy's wide open he gets over nervous he just and he either overthrows it because he feels better at at throwing it over the guy's head so it won't get picked or he just you know those are the kind of passes I'm talking about but um, I think the, I think this coaching staff's gonna work with them. I think they're gonna settle them down. Even Jim Harbaugh today was talking about you know you got to get that ball uh, placed vertically underneath the shoulder pads, below the shoulder pads, and and try to get it right on the numbers. So, um, but uh, I don't think we need to beat up Wilton Spate. I think he knows what he did wrong. I think he knows he's got to play better, and I think this coaching staff will do a better job with him. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that's part of the reason why I said I'm glad that this has happened now because they've seen it, it's happened on the field, they know what some of the problems are, and they need to see him improve. Because Mm -hmm. then if these problems continue, then changes need to be strongly considered in the near future then. But happening now, they can address it. I mean, because you can go through so many things in practice, but you're not going to see the same results that you will in in the actual game, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's what you were basically getting at is Spate has consistency problems, and yeah. um, but I'm but trying- he's the best passer. He's yeah. the best
1: turner in the team. I mean, no doubt.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm. I'm trying to say from an unbiased view. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't have any personal investment in Spate, and I'm not trying to make everybody think that he's the greatest or anything but it's just like if you watch some of the things that he does and you were talking about that pass to eubanks and he had some other great spectacular passes and he can throw the long ball two of those passes Mm -hmm. one for a touchdown were 55 yards and like right on the money so i mean he can do it so really it does come down to that consistent consistency thing um also um with those pick sixes Yes, the way he threw the ball for both of those was not the yeah. greatest. One of them should not have really should yeah, not have happened.
1: Right. That's a debate that's happening, you know, did he overthrow it? Did he and I'm guessing what given what Jim Harlow was saying cuz that that particular pass was debatable. Because, you know, you can look at it as he did he overthrow the pass, you know, possibly. Did it hit him in a, right on the hands? It did, so he should have caught it. So you've got two things at battle here. But then Jim Harbaugh comes out today and says, those are the kind of throws you've got to, if you're going to throw it down the middle of the field, you've got to throw them below the, the, below the pads. You can't over throw them. And I think given what Harbaugh was saying is maybe he just pushed that ball a little bit too high, given the fact is, yeah, the receiver – right there should have caught it but um i think that was a pass to um Crawford and so he dropped it or let it go through his hands but he his game his gameplay throughout the whole game was a little bit uh iffy because he didn't have the best hands in this game either um so yeah i get what you're saying i mean i think he pushed that ball a little bit, but not. I don't think that one was entirely on him. I, definitely, the second one was. So,
0: yeah. Well, I am still shocked that um, <clears throat> that both of those were returned yeah. for touchdowns. I mean, with yeah. how I mean, because those weren't like we weren't playing from from our own five yard line for right. both those passes, and with yeah. how far he passed, right. he passed them down the field. I was shocked that both of them got returned for touchdowns. I mean, yeah. I know that um, you are never really prepared for a pick six to basically go from playing offense to defense, but how far those players had to go, I was still shocked that both of uh, both of those got returned. But I will go ahead and flip flip the switch think, here.
1: I'll just keep that on, on this just for a second. Do you think the, the Michigan? Do you think the coaching staffs going to actually talk about? when you throw an interception it seemed like to us i mean if um, if i could critique and say you're right how how do you get two pick sixes in a row and have them go for touchdowns that far out it looked like that the team the offensive line offense and and our receivers and tight ends didn't really know what to do when that happens <laughs> i mean you you maybe they work on that in practice. Maybe they work on hey, what's what happens when when we throw a, a pick on our side of the field? What do you do?
0: Yeah, um, there yeah. were because everybody was spread out. That was yeah. yeah, and there were gaps everywhere, and so they weaved their way through there and made it in. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see or to find out if they do something about that. Um, but like I was saying, I'm gonna flip the switch here because I've been talking about you know, support Wilton Spate. And, you know, he's a really he is a really good passer. Yes, he's inconsistent. But there are other things, too, that need be mentioned. Um, and we talked about this last year, too, where sometimes, and this happens with a lot of quarterbacks. So, I mean, this isn't, like, brand-new information, breaking news or anything. But he does not go through his progressions. That pick that he threw when he was going for – Perry, wasn't it the second one? I believe it was. Yeah,
1: he stared him down.
0: Yep. Yeah, he he talked to him before the play even got set up, and then he stared him down the entire time. I mean, the whole team, the whole defense, could have basically just gone to Perry and just stood there waiting for the football because that's all that Spate was looking at.
1: Yeah, that was. And all-
0: Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh, that, and you're right. And that's my thing was, and, you know, that's a good point. Is why did we not start off the game a little bit like throwing to getting the tight ends more involved, but, you know, in fact, I think we got them involved in the second half and not in the first half, which was really surprising to me. So.
0: Yeah, it was surprising. (coughs) Um, And and so that, that's something to say about Spate where it's just sometimes, I mean, granted there are going to be some of those times where you key in on somebody, and maybe it works out or whatnot. But, yeah, there needs to be progressions. And, of course, it's easy to pick out when it doesn't work. But that can be uh, really rough sometimes. So, um, and kind of saying in a way, too, going, I know I'm backtracking here quite a bit. I know that I was that we've said that Michigan really dominated this game. Even though Michigan didn't put, I mean, 33 points is a good amount of points. I mean, if you take away the. Uh, defensive score, that's still 26 points. Florida is a defensive team. That's what they're they're known for. That's what they're good at. People were Mm -hmm. talking up their offense this year, saying, yay, this is the first time Florida's going to really have an offense. They might need to go back to that and check that again this week and see (laughs) if that's actually the case. I know that they're missing key players, running back and receiver, Mm -hmm. but there was next to nothing there. But even though Michigan did not have a ton of productivity –
1: offensively
0: yep. they saw production they they had we had a running back go over 100 yards definitely yep. did not expect it to be Isaac but we had that we had some good receptions um and some good offensive play the the offensive line going against that Florida defensive line looked pretty good I, I we've had our hopes up during the offseason and my hope. I still have—I don't know if I would say high hopes, but I'm still hopeful for the offensive line after watching them perform against Florida.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, you're absolutely right, and the offensive line was actually did pretty well in this game, and those are the ones we're talking about. Is this offensive line has always been suspect for year, you know for years for us, and. To see a young group like this come out, and they actually blocked pretty well. I was real shocked that, you know, and we're talking about Florida, who's got a real good defensive line. I was a little bit worried, but they did well. I think they kept well uh, up um, to open up holes for Evans and um, Isaac and Higdon to run through those, especially Isaac, who just, I mean, we're talking 11 attempts, and he got 114 yards. That's sick. I mean, it seemed like every time he got the ball, he was running for like 15 yards. And he's breaking tackles and breaking arm tackles and things like that. And he's just a, a monster in this game. They couldn't even stop him. But um, to see this offensive line, they got to give him kudos for a, a young team, a young offensive line doing such a – they did a pretty good job, I have to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I will be – uh, I will critique it here. Um, there were absolutely some times where things fell apart and it seemed to be a consistent issue on the right side of the line. Yeah. And so I'm not really one. I, I'm not really doing this to call anybody out, but I do think that there was a uh, repeat issue um at for the position where number 70, uh, Nolan Ulyssio, if I pronounce that correctly. Um, And and it's another thing, too, where, like we said, Florida has a great defense, a strong defensive line, and he just got overpowered, outmaneuvered at his position, and you saw it fall apart several times. So I'm hoping that it's not going to be a consistent issue all year long, I mean, you know, because it just depends on the matchups when we play different teams and everything. And I really was hoping that I could find stats on running plays for Michigan as far as going down the middle, going to the left or going to the right and seeing how productive they were. Because from watching the game and trying to pay attention to it, I really feel that we had no success running the ball to the right, right side of the line. And, yeah. and we had some issue with pass protecting. There were different times where it worked out really well. But I did notice that one of the biggest offensive plays that we had, which was the long pass to Eubanks, uh, Nolan Ulysio was not pass blocking during that play. Like, he was not in for that play. So, yeah. uh, no. so like I said, just critiquing, breaking it down and everything. Um, right side of the line is concerning to me it's game one we had a really good defense that we faced off of but that's something that i will keep be keeping my eye on uh as the games progress through the season
1: yeah you know and he had a okay and he wasn't great you're right uh, nolan wasn't um blocking on that side of the field but it reminds me of back in the mike hart days where your strongest and you 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 run you he would run to the left because you had Jake Long there, <laughs> oh, yeah. for you. and he would always run to the left I mean that's this isn't new to Michigan sometimes, but uh but you're you're right, there was seem to be a lot more success, and it looked like to me, especially Evans running to the left hand side of the field was very dominant. you can tell he was doing that much of the time he had his biggest runs on that side, so but' and, uh, and
0: Ty Isaac too. you saw some yeah. of Ty Isaac's best runs.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and then Hignan just kinda grinded it out no matter what he did. But um um yeah. I mean what what did you think about Evans uh play in this game? I mean what did you
0: uh I thought it was pretty good. I mean I thought it was kinda surprising like we said, uh, but it this goes to back to our conversation from last year where Michigan has something that it doesn't normally have, where it has a slate of running backs where you find what's working best and you roll with it for the game. And mm. obviously that was Ty Isaac for this game. The stronger yep. back that was able to uh shove people off of him and maneuver around the defense because I mean his vision in some of those runs was fantastic. Oh, he yeah. saw where the defense what where the defense was, he saw where his blockers were and he was easily able to get an extra 5, sometimes 10 yards because of his vision of the play. Um, But then also uh, his strength on just being able to shake guys off or be able to um, beat the tackle and get a few extra yards or something like that. So it just worked out better for him. I think think it's going to go a lot back and forth throughout the season where you're going to be seeing the leading rusher be either Ty Isaac, Chris Evans, or Kron Higdon. I think it's just going to be like a rotation between those three yeah
1: you're right and you know I thought Evans did pretty good um I to me I felt that they didn't give the ball enough to Higdon I think Higdon ran really tough um he just grinded out yardage even when the offensive line broke down he was really putting some uh, nifty moves he did a couple spin moves and um the first ta- uh first guy wasn't gonna tackle him and it seemed like it took two to three guys to get him down but uh Uh, Evans at times had some good vision he you know planned his foot and took off and I and I love that about him but there you know Evans is what he is he's not going to be a power back he's not going to be that way he's there are a couple times where you know he got arm tackled he should have broke through those and he didn't because he's not a strong back he's not Ty Isaac and he's not Higdon he's a scat back he's got quickness he's got vision um but Evans at times got tackled in uh, in the backfield behind the line of scrimmage because he just got arm tackled by, you know, by a hand on his foot. And, you know, those are the kind of things, you know, that's going to happen with Evans. But um, that's why we got this uh, three-headed monster going.
0: <laughs> yeah. What did you think of – where is it? No? Hold on. I'm pulling something up. Uh, McDoom where was it Hold on did he
1: quite silent yeah <laughs>
0: um, he only had no one kid. attempt yeah and no catches yeah uh, what what was your reaction to that because I had my own thought in mind and I was kind of curious what to compare it to what you were thinking I don't know I'm I, a
1: little bit puzzling uh, I think I he th- I th- think he might have been on a sweep if I'm not, yeah, I think he might have been. You know that whole sweep thing that they'd use peppers with, but and they used McDoom too last year. But uh, he was involved in that. But you know he eked out four yards to the side, and of course you heard the crowd call you know say McDoom and or say Doom and. But uh, I don't know why McDoom wasn't being used as much in this game. I don't know because to me most of the people think that he'd be a great slot guy to me Perry is a, a much better slot guy right now because of the very fact that the guy has hands like crazy man and Perry to me is such a good slot guy he has great hands he has great vision um, he he's not a big leaper because you know he's he's fairly tall but he's he just can't leap that high but he has great hands he catches everything and a couple of those uh, catches down the middle that he caught were just amazing. You know, obviously without the spinning of the ball that ticked everyone off <laughs> and me. Um, but uh, yeah, I was a little bit su- surprised. They didn't use McDoom very much. So you got a theory on
0: that or something? Let's... Well, he suffered that injury yeah. during the off season. So I was wondering if it was deliberate on how much they used him because he wasn't needed. Uh, he only did the one running play. So, I mean, we had the other three running backs that we were utilizing. I think it was deliberate that they didn't really use them a lot. Yeah. Um, Whether it was strictly from the play of the injury and, you know, just don't put them out there, still give them a little bit of time to maybe hit 100%, 100%, or I saw some people throw out the theory that they didn't want to do more um, and keeping more of the playbook – Um, as an unknown factor for other teams.
1: Oh, okay, right.
0: I I think it's more of the injury thing. Of hey, you suffered an injury. We'll get you out on the field, but no offense, we don't need you right now. And Mm -hmm. just kind of hold. That's that's my thought. I mean, I know there has been a lot of talk of the injury since it happened, and gosh, I can't remember how long ago it was. It was, it was early in the year. Early in right. 2017, yep. so, um, but it may just be a precautionary thing. That that was just kind of my thought with it.
1: Yeah, and you know, and kind of talking about uh, the receivers in this. I mean, what did you think about the receivers? I, I thought Tariq Black obviously had a great game. He only caught two passes, but um, you know, obviously the big uh, long ball for what forty six yard touchdown. Uh, catch in the end zone, which was a good ball. In fact, Wilton Spate did get nailed by that, by, right when he threw it. So we're talking about Spate, you know, taking hits left and right. So he can't question his toughness. He's a tough kid, and I think Jim Harbaugh likes that in his, his quarterbacks. But uh, my thing is this, and I'll throw this out at you: is a question, and it's going to be an interesting one. Is where do you see? Eubanks, the tight end and all this, because this is interesting because as soon as I saw him catch a couple of those, he looked like Funches. Oh, yeah? As tall as Funches, or he's not as tall as Funches, but he's a big guy, not like big and stocky, but he's he's lanky, and he reminds me of him when he catches. So it was interesting.
0: You know what I honestly think about the tight ends? I almost feel like if you took Eubanks and McKeon and put them together, you have Jake Butt. <laughs> because I really feel like both of them appear to be specializing in two different areas that Jake, Butt was really good at both of them. And you been, uh, and McKeon is really good at those, uh, low mm-hmm. routes out to the sideline and catching those awkward passes. Right. Um, that are to the outside. I mean, he, uh, I think he got hit by two or three, uh, two or three of those, maybe. All right. um, yeah. And, and he did a good job with them, which was something that I've, uh, I recall Jake Butt doing. But then, yeah, Eubanks going down the field and being able to uh, get deep and catch those long ball, uh, the long ball was very interesting to see. I'm excited with the tight ends. I was actually going to say that um, to it, for mentioning a player that I was excited to watch uh, kind of off the radar because everybody's talking about Ty Isaac. Everybody's talking about Bush. Um, and those kind of players and, and Black and things like that, mine would be McKeon because yeah. I'm just interested to see how things progress and it was exciting to see him get involved and be a dependable receiver.
1: Well, he was instrumental in that second half and starting off with Wilton Spate to settle down. I mean, he caught some key passes to get that first drive going in the second half. He was thrown to his tight ends and McKeon was part of that. Uh, and to uh, see Wilton Spate kind of throw those short but uh, well thrown balls, you know, kind of settle them down and getting those ball, and you can see it happening. And the- and he did a great job at that. So yeah, McKeon did a really really fine job, and bake so step up here.
0: Yeah, um, we're getting later on in things, so uh, there are a few other things that I want to touch on before everything else. Uh, Before we finish things off, but to mention then uh, we did the locker dump as we're going to be doing every week and we did would there be uh, there will be more players with passing uh, with reception touchdowns than rushing touchdowns you dumped it I locked it we actually went even with that because there was just one rushing touchdown and one reception touchdown Um We'll, uh, there will be a rusher with more than 100 yards. We both locked that. Both mm-hmm. expecting Evans. Surprising that Isaac came through to uh, pull that out for, for us there. And then this one, I could not – I'm interested to notice if you got any number on this. But we put in there more than five different sharks in the <laughs> stands for the fans. You locked it. I dumped it. Did you count any?
1: No, but I do have one that might count as five.
0: <laughs> one that might count as five. Okay, what's this?
1: And and that is the Michigan band I think was playing Jaws theme.
0: <laughs> it was? Yeah. I <laughs> missed that. Oh yeah. no way.
1: Oh, so it's gotta count for something.
0: <laughs> well I'll give you I'll give you five because then that still means I won. Because <laughs> right. you went with the over and I went with uh true (laughs) the less so yeah nice i did not catch that so well yeah yeah that was week one for locker dump um before we wrap things out then um the actual score was 33 to 17 total of 50 points um and so that was the over under was 45 and it was michigan favored by four points so that went over, and they definitely covered the spread. It was a sixteen-point win. My prediction was thirty-eight to six. People thought that was a little high. Honestly, not too crazy if you went ahead and took those defensive scores away from Florida. They didn't do anything. Um, but then Craig, you were your prediction was definitely a lot closer because you were twenty-eight to fourteen.
1: Yeah, and obviously that uh, sack, which I thought was probably going to go back as a safety. I didn't expect the, us to pull out a touchdown there. And, yeah, so it was pretty close.
0: Yeah. Um, so before we move on and just touch quickly on the rest of the Big Ten play, uh, one of your basic, biggest positives to take away from this game and one of your biggest negatives.
1: Oh, boy. Um, biggest positives is um, this just seeing how well the defensive line gelled and how well they were able to play all four quarters just all the way through, through the whole game. Um, you've got to give it up to, you were talking Rashawn, Gary, Hurst, Winovich, and Moan, and I'm going to throw in my, probably the guy who most impressed me. I'm going to call him a knucklehead, and he is, but he's our knucklehead. <laughs> and i am so glad he's on our team but he is a knucklehead as much as people and i think everybody agree uh bush man devin bush is outside linebacker you know i'm going to i'm going to kind of say he's on the defensive line or defense but uh played out of his mind you know he had a knucklehead play in the beginning you know hitting somebody when they're on their way out almost got kicked out almost got ejected from help for, for targeting but he wasn't and he played out of his mind he was played great man so he kind of gets my game ball so.
0: yeah
1: um uh, you want my worst right
0: yeah your best and your worst uh, uh also i'll throw my best uh quinn norton
1: uh getting into, uh you know making history as a michigan kicker he made 250 yard field goals same game um you know the guy's gonna be a stud so he'll he's gonna be amazing for us but uh and the worst part, obviously, is the pick sixes, but we're talking about 14 points just laid out on a platter to this these Florida Gators who've been talking smack to us. So, in a way, we'd be talking about 33-3. to three. <laughs> yeah. So, if you take away 14 points that they didn't even earn, well, they earned it on defense, but I'm talking about we gave it to them and leaving points like that. And, unfortunately... It's going to fall on Wilton Spate, even if he deserved it or not. You know, the quarterback always gets the brunt of that, and he'll shake it off and do well. But, uh, yeah, that was my bad.
0: Well, um, positive, uh, probably biggest positive I will say, and I I was saying this at the beginning, I was just like, I liked seeing this entire game as the first game of the season. Against a good opponent facing the adversity that they faced, sticking with it and being able to come through and still dominate and have a good performance as a team, as a whole, and seeing the quarterback, Spate, work through his issues. And I know his stats were not that great, but no more pick sixes. He stuck in there, and mm-hmm. he helped lead the team uh, to come back and to win. Yeah. Um. My biggest issue with this game is something that we had that was the worst thing from last season and we talked about it dissected it and just it, it it was really kind of thing that appalled everyone but just the simple task of being able to get a first down at the end of the game to <laughs> yeah, seal the that, deal yeah. that happened again I yes think, it happened uh, again there, yeah. was three, there were 3 minutes 22 seconds left in the game and they Michigan. got
1: the ball back. I was like, what?
0: Yes. Florida yep. got the ball back. Michigan needed to go through and uh, just keep marching down the field. And actually, I do believe that this may have been that point where uh, uh, Spate threw that ball that was going to be a touchdown. And yep. he missed that. I think this was. Uh, th-
1: yeah. Well, one, you're right. And it was to Perry in the in the, in the back corner. Yeah. Um, but remember, I like I said to you, Perry is a slot guy. For, to throw a ball in the corner to that kind of a uh, receiver, one, one is very odd, and two, he isn't a jumper. <laughs> he doesn't jump very high. He's got great hands, which you know I would have liked. But you're right, he overthrew him, and you know wasn't a good play. And yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that, um, yeah, but that that th- the throw was bad should have been more on target. He threw it up high, and it wound up going out of bounds and everything or right at his fingertips, and it didn't have to be lobbed as much as it needed to. But anyways, the the bad part being not being able to get first down to close things out and just to be able to control the ball until the end of the game. So that was my two things to mention. All right, so what we will get to then here as quickly as possible as things are kind of coming up on our uh, hour time frame and everything is uh, we need to do the scores for the rest of the Big Ten. And um, so I'll go through this real quick, and then we'll do some quick reactions. Uh, Minnesota played Buffalo 1-17-7. Ohio State played uh, against Indiana in the only Big Ten uh, conference matchup, and that was a 49-21 to victory for them. Washington beat Rutgers 30-14 Wisconsin beat Utah State 59-10 Illinois won their game against Ball State 24-21 Iowa won against Wyoming 24-3 Penn State with the only shutout for the Big Ten against Akron 52-0 Michigan State uh, already with a third of their wins from last year Beating Bowling Green, thirty-five to ten. Northwestern beating Nevada, thirty-one to twenty. Michigan, thirty-three to seventeen against Florida. Purdue uh, hanging in there with Louisville, uh, but lost thirty-five to twenty-eight. Nebraska uh, versus Arkansas State, one forty-three to thirty-six. Uh, maybe the most surprising win uh, Maryland on the road at Texas yeah. beating them by 10 points 51 to 41 uh, Craig your biggest takeaway from the Big Ten games
1: well Dirk and Donuts man um, tell you they played out their mind out and I, you might want to say you know this what's happening to Texas and Texas defense because they couldn't stop Maryland whatsoever um And obviously Maryland's defense can stop Texas either. But given that Durkin won at Texas is one big, huge thing. And I will say this, I got to give kudos to Purdue hanging in there for a team that wasn't supposed to win any games this year was predicted. They certainly took – they really played really, really well and almost won that game.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah, so for sure – Heisman. i oh. <laughs> so, talking about Purdue almost beat uh, one of the Heisman winners last year. So, yeah, it's big. Yeah. And um, I, I will say this. I got a little bit of extra joy out of Maryland being Texas, because for those of you who don't know, um, Tom Herman is actually uh, has ties to Ohio State uh, and or Urban Meyer, one of the two. I, I just remember this in passing because one of my um, – uh, somebody I know who's an Ohio State fan was really hoping that Tom Herman would stay at Houston for a little while longer because there, his, his anticipation was that Tom Herman would then come to Ohio State to take over whenever Urban Meyer is done. Right. So right. there was a little bit of extra joy in seeing that happen against, uh, against Texas for that. But I will go ahead, and I'm actually I'm standing right now and applauding – You brought up Purdue, but I'm applauding the other non-conference loss for the Big Ten, and that was Rutgers. (laughs) I'm giving them applause because they put up one heck of a fight. Yeah. And they were in there, and at one point I was just like, man, maybe having hot tubs at your stadium makes a difference. (laughs) But that is certainly not how you expect a top ten team to play. I'm not saying – I, I don't know. I did not see enough to be able to say, wow, Washington sucks or Rutgers. Wow. You really stepped up your game. And you're doing a good job, but you competed. It was only a 16 point loss. So Bravo, big 10 all around. Everyone did pretty well. Yeah, They did. Uh, it was, uh, it was rather impressive.
1: Yeah, they were. They played really, really well and they hung in for the first half. Uh, so you got to give that to them, and they did pretty well. I mean, a lot of these teams that were supposed to be dumpster fires this year played really well, so I was quite surprised.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see how things go. So, all right, what we will go ahead and do here then uh, is go into some closing, uh, closing thoughts. I have some specific things that I want to mention, uh, so don't go anywhere and stick around. Okay, so I need to mention this now before I forget. Craig, you need to remind me. We actually had two voicemails, and okay. so I forgot to do anything with them this episode. So we will work with them and talk about them next episode. So those of you who called in, don't worry, we will get to them. I know they're one of them. Uh, they they were a little bit out of sync, anyways, uh, with one of them and everything. So we will just go ahead and pick things up with both of them, and we will. Um, work with those with the next episode. So we thank you for your calls. And if anybody else calls, we'll go ahead and lump those in there with them. But remind remind me, Craig, voicemails. All right. Uh, that being said, um, first home game coming up. Craig and I are anticipating to be there. So we hope to maybe see some of you guys there. We have some new things planned this weekend uh, for this upcoming weekend that we're going to try out and uh, see. It should be pretty fun. But uh, one thing to that I want to make sure to mention uh, that's new this year that I, I actually haven't mentioned to Craig. You may have seen it and everything. But um, we are going to then – our episodes are found lots of different places. Um, we have our website where we always post everything. You can go to bluebrotherssportscast.com, um, and episodes are posted directly there. Uh, we're going to have – we have videos on there. We have – some photos on there, different things like that. Uh, You can hear episodes on Eagle Eye Radio, which is part of the Blue Network. Uh, A lot of people go ahead and go to SoundCloud. That's a big place to find things. Uh, You can find us also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, places like PodKicker and Blu-ray, all those podcast places. But something new that we're going to do this year that I've already started doing, that we're going to do starting for this regular season and moving forward, we're also going to put episodes on youtube so there's going to be no video but if uh w- w- I, we're what we're hoping to do is kind of reach a larger crowd because a lot of people search for stuff on youtube for michigan and uh so this will beef up our youtube channel and maybe people will find the episodes because i don't know i know some people that know stuff about soundcloud i know some people that know stuff about and use Twitter, and then there are some people that I know that just operate on YouTube, it seems. So we might corral some new listeners and some extra people by putting our content also on YouTube. So just a heads up, I don't know if that's uh, anybody who's listening, but if you're interested, you will be able to start finding things on YouTube as well.
1: Yeah, and who wants to see our ugly faces, man, on video?
0: I know, right? That's why we have uh, those little illustrated pictures
1: yeah, that's all we got.
0: We 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 can make ourselves look better that way.
1: It's <laughs> right. Yep.
0: Well, I think that's it. I think that's pretty much everything. Uh we might have some more specifics on what will be going on Saturday with the next episode. This has been a holiday week, so we I, I I love hate it because there's extra days of college football, but then also it kind of messes up because we have a schedule of how we're going to do things, but since we're in and out of town for the holiday, we it's just juggling everything in the air, so we'll get uh the episodes recorded and we'll get it out to you though, so just uh keep that in mind but uh anything else from you, Craig, before we move along?
1: No, I think our defense is for real, and we got a great kicker and um some good things happening with Michigan football, so I like what I'm seeing, so gonna be good i I can't wait for this game coming up against Cincinnati. Just because, you know, you get another game under your belt. And I expect to see some different things, too, by the way. know.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Going to probably see a lot more different things. And uh, be good to be at the big house in front of the home crowd and everything. So, yeah. well, we uh, appreciate you guys uh, joining us again this week uh, for this episode. We hope you guys had a good holiday weekend and uh more episodes coming up this week we'll finish off with go blue go blue